Welcome back to Emotions and Potions, a love slash hate letter. I'm Ashton. And I'm Alex. Welcome! Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be back this week. Same. Alex, you look lovely. Thank you, so do you. Very comfy cozy. Oh yeah, gotta be comfy cozy. We got our blankets and everything. We got our blankets. <laughs> oh my god, we do. We're grandmas. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. We got our blankies and our cocktails. Yes. And our books, so... Not mad at it. <laughs> and it's a different book for us. Yeah, we are kind of changing it up a little bit. Still in the romance. So we haven't, yeah, we haven't ventured out of our romance, but it is a different take, something that we haven't done yet. It's more of a romantic comedy. Yeah, it's more of a... Lighthearted. A light rom-com. It's very like what Netflix would put out in their like rom-com movies in a book form. I think that's like a really good representation of kind of what this book is bringing us the the vibe the energy what is this book it is called hook line and sinker by tessa bailey it's a newer release Mm -hmm. and i think that you actually won the book yeah i got this from a good from a goodreads giveaway okay so if you're not familiar with goodreads freaking love goodreads yes it's a great (laughs) way to find books track books you've read and they also do they also do awesome Giveaways. I sound like an ad, and I am not. This is not an ad for but, Goodreads, but um, Goodreads, I, if you want us to do one. <laughs> let us know, because I'm on the site every day. I am totally team Goodreads. Yeah, so Alex won this book, and so we decided, why not? It's a newer release, and it's kind of been on, like, book talk. Like, I've kind of seen it places. Yeah, I was definitely interested in reading this one. So when I found out I won it, I had to read the first book to it. It happened one summer. Enjoyed that one. So then when I finally got Hook, Line, let's do this one. And I was like... It's a change of pace. Okay. All right. Let's do it. So we're doing it. Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. So, Alex, will you read us... King Crab Fisherman... Fox Thornton has a reputation as a sexy, carefree flirt. Everyone knows he's a guaranteed good time, in bed and out, and that's exactly how he prefers it, until he meets Hannah Billinger. She's immune to his charm and looks, but she seems to really enjoy his personality and wants to be friends? Bizarre. But he likes her too much to risk a fling, so platonic pals it is. Now Hannah's in town for work, crashing in Fox's spare bedroom. She knows he's a notorious ladies' man, but they're definitely just friends. In fact, she's nursing a hopeless crush on a colleague, and Fox is just the person to help with her lackluster love life. Armed with a few tips from Westport's resident Casanova, Hannah sets out to catch her co-worker's eye. Yet the more time she spends with Fox, the more she wants him instead. As the line between friendship and flirtation begins to blur, Hannah can't deny she loves everything about Fox, but she refuses to be another notch on his bedpost. Living with his best friend should have been easy, except now she's walking around in a towel, sleeping right across the hall, and Fox is fantasizing about waking up next to her for the rest of his life. And man overboard. He's fallen for her hook, line, and sinker. Helping her flirt with another guy is pure torture, but maybe if Fox can tackle his inner demons and show Hannah he's all in, she'll choose him instead. 
In the follow-up to It Happened One Summer, Tessa Bailey delivers another deliciously fun rom-com about a former player who accidentally falls for his best friend while trying to help her land a different man. Yeah, that sums it up. That is pretty much what you're going to get in this book. I think that that is... It's a perfect... Summary, yeah. yeah. A perfect synopsis. Um, kind of gives away, like, the big plot points, but there's a lot of little things that are definitely added that mm-hmm. make this kind of expand. Yeah. So, no, I think that's well done. I think that that gives the perfect kind of... Not mad at it. No. <clears throat> pretty long, though. Yeah. And it is a pretty, it is a pretty long synopsis. I was kind of like... Oh, wow. She's only halfway done reading this. I, know, I was like, when is this going to end? It's too funny. But other than that, fantastic. <laughs> um, so, Alex, before we really start to, you know, dive deep into water puns are about to be a lot. That's why uh, heavy up I feel like the dad jokes could just keep getting worse and worse with every episode we do. For sure. For sure. But I'm here for it's it. It's a high possibility. So before we jump into this. Tell me about the potion that we have for tonight's episode. All right. So what I've made, I'm being nice to you again and going for the um, fruity beachy cocktail this Yay, time. It's about time. <laughs> it's been a while, man. <laughs> so this one is... Love it. And can you tell me what is in a Skipper's Relief? Skipper's Relief. Yes. Oops. So in Skipper's Relief, we got Rum Haven Coconut Water Rum. Hypnotic, blue curacao, pineapple juice, and a dash of Sprite. Okay. I'm not mad at this because I think pineapple is my favorite mixer, so you're checking the box there. It's also a blue drink, and I love It's kind of the same drinks. color blue as the cover of the book. Yeah, I know. It is turquoise. It's very pretty, actually. Okay, let's try this bad boy. Cheers. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is good. Yeah. Yep. I like that. I might have you make me another one. <laughs> I totally will. Oh, that's good. Okay, well, I approve of that. This is like a perfect, we're kind of, you know, about to go into summer. Great summer, like outdoor, very Rudy-esque, summery vibes. Yes, and we're currently drinking it on the rocks, but I feel like this- It would be like a nice slushy drink. Yeah, that would be. And I think that you asked me- if I can make it a slushy drink, would you prefer that? And I think I said on the rocks. But I think that the slushy would be really good, too. Now that I taste it, I think I like tasting things from the rocks. Definitely. Okay, so now that we've gotten our potion out of the way, and we will be drinking on those throughout the episode. So things may get more chaotic, the more liquor has been consumed. High possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, we're going to just dive in deep here. So, Alex, can you tell me... A little bit about the two main... So we have Hannah and Fox. Hannah is the younger sister to Piper, who was our main character in the first book. This is now Hannah's story. She's the more laid-back, less high-maintenance, glamorous sister. Um, She's more of your natural girl-next-door kind of beauty. She is a PA for a movie studio that their stepfather owns. She's a huge music nerd. She's always listening to music, collecting vinyl, which I can totally get down with. I, too, have a vinyl collection. She's always making playlists, which is something the both of us do. 
Love music. I mean, we do it for this podcast. Yeah, not to her extent, but (laughs) she crazy. She crazy, but no, I can definitely appreciate that. She has dreams of creating score um, and soundtracks for film. She's a very supportive friend and hype woman. She considers herself a supporting character and not a leading lady. I know. Hate to see it because she's a star. Hannah's one of my favorite female lead characters. Oh, that we've read so far? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I okay. Just, I just feel like there's certain parts of her I can actually, like, identify with more so as we've read. I act, And also, I think going kind of pigging back off of that is I think that this is the first book that we've really done that is... I feel like believable. Very, very, one hundred percent. Maybe not one hundred percent, but like I would say ninety five percent believable. Where it's like this is the most realistic book we've read. So I think that you, it's natural to relate more with characters found in books that are a little bit fluffier, bit bit more light. Yeah. Than like mafia romances, where of course we can't relate to being a mafia princess. To being a mafia princess, like, are you kidding me? So I can understand why you, like, why you feel, like, attached to Hannah. And we got Fox. He's a relief skipper <laughs> on the Del Rey. Um, he's a ladies' man, perpetual bachelor. He's lean, muscular. Yes, definitely built. Um, spoiler, he's a really good dirty talker. You're not wrong. He's, he's a good guy with a bad boy image. Yeah, I think that he's, like, he has a heart of gold, but his exterior and what he kind of projects is the complete opposite of what he's really like and what he actually, like, strives for and what he wants. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so Hannah and Fox, those are going to be our two leads of Hook, Line, and Sinker. So I'm going to break down the plot in hopefully about ten minutes. I'm hoping that I can get this as good as Alex. I think you got this. I have the utmost faith in you. I feel a lot of pressure because you're so good at these. So, okay. So Hannah and Fox met in book one, which Alex mentioned a little bit earlier, what happened last summer in Westport, Oregon, Westport, Washington. And they become really close friends, quick friends, and stay in contact after Hannah leaves to move back to L.A. So at the beginning of this book, it's pretty much seven months have passed since they've seen each other. But they have stayed in touch via texting. Hannah is a production assistant for Sergey, who she also has a big crush on. And he obviously doesn't know she exists outside of being his PA. And her crush is a secret for about like two years now. She's been holding on to this love. Hannah then offers a suggestion for their current movie location that has her and the crew heading back to Westport. So Fox works as a fisherman and traps crabs off of the coast. So Fox is also besties with Brendan, who is his captain and boss, and also Piper, who's Hannah's sister, um, his fiance. So Fox is a certified playboy, like Alex said, manho, however you want to say it. So when Hannah and Fox come to the decision that Hannah will stay with Fox during the shooting, Brendan warns Fox away from Hannah kind of constantly throughout the entire book. It's kind of sweet. Yeah. Kind of being protective, like that future brother-in-law protective kind of nature. So when Hannah shows up, Fox offers her some assistance and guidance on how to help Hannah land um, Sergey. But kind of throughout the whole book, we slowly start to realize that Fox has been crushing on Hannah since last summer, 
and hasn't hooked up with anyone since meeting Hannah, but hasn't really been able to admit those, admit that and what that those feelings kind of mean to anyone. So no one really knows that he's kind of been celibate for the past seven months. He has also bought countless records and a record player in which he instantly hides from Hannah because then she would know about his feelings because music is her thing. Mm -hmm. So he kind of like started this little collection and has it kind of locked away in the living room. And then throughout the book, um, this book isn't super heavy with the smutty scenes. It's kind of more of a lighter... It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn, and it's not as, like, intense as other romance um, novels. So throughout the whole book, we kind of, we do get those, like, t- really good tension scenes between Hannah and Fox while she's staying with him, which starts to blur the lines. So pretty much every encounter they have, you can tell that there is some kind of tension, sexual frustration, like, between them. It starts to get more flirtatious the longer the book goes on. Yeah, until it combusts. So during this time, also, Brendan has been trying to get Fox to be the new captain of the Delray because he's kind of expanding the fleet. So they need a new captain. But Fox has some major hangups and doesn't think that he's capable or respected enough to be the captain of. So Fox has really like fully adapted to his fuckboy reputation and it's Loki sabotaging his life in more a than lot of way. ways. In a lot of ways. Like, yeah. this poor kid. I, f- I do feel... Hannah is... Um, so, Hannah is also wanting to progress her career and help score the music for the film with Brinley, who is the current music director uh, for the movie. Hannah is gifted sea shanties from her grandmother, from their late father, who actually wrote them. And she thinks that they would be great for the... Um, she thinks it would be great for the film. And she actually manages to get a band to record and then wins over Sergei's uh and wins over Sergei while also Loki pissing Brinley off in the process. Well, mis- Brinley quits. <laughs> yeah, Brinley quits. And that's really just on her because Hannah's idea was better. Sorry? Not sorry. So also during kind of all when this is going on. Hannah's crush on Sergei starts to slowly diminish the more time that she spends with Fox until he really is her sole focus and sole crush. When Hannah and Fox go to Seattle, um, where the band is recording those sea shanties for the film, Fox ends up taking Hannah to a sound garden, um, kind of as a detour on their way home, where they finally give into their feelings. They kind of lay it on the line, and they hook up for the first time in the back of Fox's truck. In a storm. It's it's pouring rain, obviously. It's very romantic. It kind of was. It was. No, it, it was. was. It was. Like, it was very, in the moment, it was very, like, this, all this pent-up emotions and frustrations kind of, like, come to a head, and they also low-key, like, disclose their feelings, and this is, like, the first time that they've fully accepted like yes I really like you and yes I really like you like let's be together Mm -hmm. so this is kind of like that moment so it's a great moment a great scene um so really bad timing Fox is then scheduled to leave for the sea for five days obviously leaving Hannah and their new relationship status on a brief hiatus or a brief question mark a big question mark (laughs) 
So during the time that um, these, during the, those five days that Fox is out um, in the ocean, Hannah has come to realize that she loves Fox and wants to change career paths, which will, one, be something that she actually wants to do, like her sole focus, and two, it'll make it easier for her and Fox to be in a relationship. They'll be closer. She can relocate, essentially. So Fox has a successful sea outing, and he's feeling confident. He's back. He's thinking about this new job and really thinking that he can take this on and not be a disappointment or a letdown and he's feeling more confident about Hannah because this outing Brendan made him captain it yes I forgot to say that before he leaves for this thank you Alex before he leaves for this uh five-day outing Brendan kind of forces Fox to be the captain Mm -hmm. very last moment as they're walking to the ship and so basically doesn't give him a chance to back to do anything but say yes which he does. And it, it turns out to be a very successful outing. But there's a little interaction with two of the crewmates on board. And part of Fox's hangups with his, like, reputation is that he has, he's had this image of being this man-ho, this fuckboy, the guy who's just there for a good time. He's not relationship material since, like, high school. And even since he was born, because that was his dad. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, and he looks so much Fox like his dad. Looks just like his dad. That there's a lot of like past trauma that he's kind of built around. But he essentially has this interaction with the crew where he's like, where they're kind of insinuating that he's not good enough for Hannah and that she's a good girl and they're, he's just gonna chew her up and spit her out. Yep. And this obviously really hurts Fox because the last thing that he wants is having anything like that involving Hannah. He can handle it himself. He's been doing it for so long and he's kind of played into it. But he doesn't want his reputation to get rubbed off onto her. Right. So obviously this conversation with the crew gets in his head. So a little bit more of a backstory into like Fox's kind of headspace. He's really only had one serious-esque I guess, girlfriend, which was on his end. Yes. Which was in college. But he later found out that he was her side piece or hall pass. Essentially. She was actually dating his best friend and roommate and roommate and future business partner. And she kind of made the comment that like the one person that she could cheat on her boyfriend with was Fox to said boyfriend. And so he was essentially the hall pass. Like, she was cheating on her boyfriend with Fox. And Fox had no idea. And Fox had no idea. He, he thought actually they thought were... they were a relationship. Yeah. So, over time, this is obviously, like, something that has festered. And he hasn't kind of worked through leaving him with some trauma. Making the comments, obviously, made by the crew really hitting deep. So, when he shows up later that night at Hannah's rap party, Hannah knows pretty much instantly that Fox has come to end their relationship before it really even started. They go back to his place as she's packing up um, is where they have sex for the last time. They kind of, it's like one last kiss, like one last whatever. So they kind of have like breakup sex essentially. But before Hannah leaves, she tells Fox that she's not giving up on them or on him and that she'll give him space to kind of figure out what's going through his head. But they're not done. Good for her. Love it. 
So after Hannah leaves him, Fox ends up going to his mom's house, Charlene, where he opens up about his trauma around his dad. And his mom has also played a part in his trauma. Mm -hmm. And they've had a big miscommunication because it's like every time Fox sees his mom, she like flinches and he thinks it's about him. Because of his appearance, because it reminds, he thinks that it's every time he's, uh, his mom sees him, she's flinching because he looks so much like her father, like his father. Mm -hmm. So he thinks that it's more of an attack on him, which we learn in this interaction where he kind of breaks down those walls and kind of talks to his mom about his kind of outlook on relationships and love and how he doesn't feel worthy. She pretty much comes out and says, that has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. And every time I see you, I just am reminded of, like, my failures and, like, how I kind of wasn't, like, the best that I could be. So they kind of get this, like, really great, like, closure scene. I mean, it's, like, a really good, like, tearjerker, like, moment. Like, pulls it on was. the feels. And it was it was really cute because then he's, like, I have to go get my girl. And, like, um, Fox's mom lives in, like, a retain. It's, like, all her, like, bridge women are, like, in the kitchen and, like, seeing this sentimental moment from like this very attractive alpha looking male (laughs) like you know deep sea fishermen just like breaking down and they're all like slow clap like go fox get your girl yes and essentially like his mom does kind of also tell him like like i'm sorry that i've ever made you feel like of your appearance or because of who your dad is so the next morning he falls asleep at his mom's house he rushes home thinking that hannah has already left for la when he returns home to find her in his apartment, listening to the record player where he apologized and they make up. So in the book, he does kind of show her the record player and they do have this kind of like heartfelt moment. But like Hannah doesn't really push it because she knows Fox is like a slow burn. Mm-hmm. He, you can't you can't put too much in front of him at one time. It's Little by little, you have to work him over, like dough. Like, you have to really knead the dough. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's a good analogy. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this record player obviously symbolizes a lot. It, It really shows that Hannah really affected Fox in a multitude of ways. And really... The heartstrings. Mm-hmm. And Fox affected Hannah, too. Like, the throughout the whole book, he's, like, building up her confidence and kind of pushing her to take risks and stand up for herself and go after what she wants professionally. They, like, they build each other up instead of, like, stripping each other down, which I feel like in a lot of, like, other, we, like, read a lot of times, like, there's portions of the book where the male and the female lead are kind of, like, trying Very to toxic. tear each other down and toxic. And it was kind of like a breath of fresh air that there wasn't a whole lot of toxicity besides just the self-sabotage within Fox. Because yeah. he's dealing with a lot of, like, trauma stuff. And Hannah's the first person that's really made him, like, realize that something, like, he needs to work it out. Mm-hmm. And, like, he does. And it's it's very quick, that process. It's a night where he goes from being, you know, a lot of trauma to, like, seeing the light, which I don't think is very realistic but in this book, I allow it because... No, in a rom-com, though, I, I don't I'll, care. I'll give it a pass. Yes. And so the epilogue is a 10-year time jump where Hannah and Fox have been married. They have three daughters and live in the Pacific Northwest. So Hannah has started her own company 
that scouts like indie bands for movie soundtracks kind of helps unsigned artists make their big break. Which seems like a super cool job. So cool. I mean, yeah, who wouldn't? I would love to. And then Fox has been a sea captain for like the past 10 years. So he took on that responsibility and has seemingly been doing a good job, I guess. And they live happily ever after. So that's pretty much that's the bones. <laughs> yes, that's kind of just, you know, the outline. There's obviously, like, Tessa Bailey did a really great job at writing this book. She had me ups and highs, lows. I was feeling things. It was definitely an emotional journey, like, on pulling on the heartstrings yeah. versus, like, oh, some of the other romance books we read are, like, it's an emotional journey for action yeah kind of stuff i would say this definitely is more like it's going to tug on your like heartstrings like it's more like a marley and me-esque kind of like kind of you know question for you since you haven't read the first book Uh and you started the series off Mm -hmm. were you lost at any points no no not really i mean tessa does a good job at summarizing I feel like big plot points within the first book that you kind of have to know in order to make sense because Brendan and Piper are they're not huge characters in this but they do make appearances at like multiple times so you kind of have to know their dynamic which I thought that Tessa did well you kind of know like with the restaurant um in Piper's book I think that she like opens or reestablishes a bar yes or something like that yeah their their father had a bar Girls had to go back to Westport. And reopen it? Yeah, like rehab it, bring it back to life as a way to try to get closer. Because he died when they were very, very young. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't think Hannah even remembers him. No, really. she was two. She was only two when he died. So, like, this Westport, like, I think of a very, like... It's a very small, port, close-knit yeah. fishing town. Fishing town, yes. Yeah. Um, But no, I don't think I was ever confused or lost and if I was it circled back to where it was mentioned maybe again or if like if I had overread something where I didn't fully grasp what was going on I was la- I was lost mm-hmm. I did kind of get questions like I didn't end the book because this mean that's good to know and yeah there's something no. I was slightly worried about because obviously like I hadn't read the second book when I was like hey let's do this one no no it, it works as a standalone I would say. If so if you wanted to start with book two, I don't think that it would hurt you. If anything, like I'm really, I want to go back and read the first one because I'm like intrigued about Brendan and Piper because they seem very cool. I think I would honestly recommend starting with book two and then going to book one because book one does give you more spice. That's what you were saying. This is like really like 60% in before you hit your first real like spicy. So it's kind of slightly disappointing to like read book one where you get like a good amount of spice to then the follow-up book give you less yeah because i think there were only two full-on sex scenes within this book it's the first time that they do it and like the time that they're breaking up Mm -hmm. but i thought that she did give us a lot of spice or like tension spice yeah i thought that there was a lot of good build-up to the actual like sex scenes well ash that was a fantastic plot summary. Thank you. So proud. I think it was all right. I think you did great. Okay. You should do them again. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. 
All right, but now that we do have that wonderful plot summary out of the way, let's get into loves and hates yes. of this one. Yes. Start off, Alex. So I got a few loves. My first one is I really love the little things that Fox does for Hannah. Okay. Like how he bought her the Fleetwood Mac album um, that she wanted from the Record Expo from book one and uh, when she left town and how he continues to buy records and bought a record player. Um, how he decorated the guest bedroom specifically for Hannah's visit. Like he got new bedding. He bought a pink Himalayan salt lamp. And mind you, the rest of his apartment is, like, barren. It's, yeah. like, bare minimal, like, couch table. Like, he does not really have furniture. No, like, no decorations, no furniture. It's, like, what you would expect, like, maybe if you're moving out. Or, like, when you first moved in and you haven't figured out how you want to decorate a place. Yeah. But he's been there for, like, six years. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really cute how he does... Those little, I love that. And then how he took her to the sound garden when they went to Seattle because he knew that was something that she would enjoy. He's very thoughtful. Yes. Like, he knows Hannah, and he knows exactly kind of the things that she likes and really plays into that. And he is, like, in my opinion, I know that he kind of has been crushing on Hannah pretty much the whole book. It's more just a secret internal at the beginning mm -hmm. but essentially he has been but I do think that he is a pretty good friend yeah. to her like I know that he kind of has some altered alternative motives in a sense because he's kind of always mentally thinking about pursuing her kind of mm -hmm. it's just that voice gets louder and more determined as the book goes on but it's always there yeah but he does a good job at suppressing it and trying to... To help her and be a good friend. And I think that he does. And this is also the first female friend he's ever had. Like, first girl he's actually ever yeah. taken the time to get to know other than I with mean, their his, clothes off. <laughs> yeah, his relationship with women have n has not been a great, healthy relationship up to this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do love that. What's one of your loves? Okay. So, kind of to piggyback on what you kind of were just saying, I wrote down Fox and Hannah's relationship and them as characters in general. They are great characters. I really, I liked them as a couple because it was kind of refreshing to read something that wasn't super toxic. Like, definitely a nice break from the dark romances. romances that we read. So, like, I can appreciate that. And then I also just, like, like you said earlier, like, I can relate to Hannah like, we have similar interests in enough that I'm like, oh, okay, like, I kind of understand where this girl's coming from. Like, I like that she kind of sees herself as, like, a supporting role because, like, I feel like I identify with that. Like, same. you know, you, I feel like ever anyone Like, her self-doubts are a lot of the same self-doubts that I have. Yeah, exactly. So, like, she is a very relatable, like, female-to-female character. Um, and then Fox, I mean, like, I really liked the, di like, the direction that Tessa went with him and, like, his trauma, because you never really hear about the slut-shaming from the male POV. Mm -hmm. Like, even in real life, it's kind of like, oh, he's the man, it's kind of... High five, no get it. ever talks about, like, okay, so even if these guys who are in real life, hypothetically, 
like that are a little bit more promiscuous and like you know from a women's point of view we always are kind of in that mindset of they're being praised by the same sex mm-hmm. but I wonder if it's actually more like this than we realize and that like it actually does cause guys to have potential like trauma and potential and hang-ups like hang-ups about, ups about it even though because you know guys don't like talk about shit I mean, case in point with Fox, like, Hannah had to constantly, like, teach him how to communicate. Yeah. And so, which, another thing, like, that I really loved is that, like, they're, as characters, they, like, they grew together, and they really helped each other. It, it was just, like, very healthy. It was and very it was refreshing. so refreshing. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, what am I reading that, like, this is an epiphany, epiphany of being, like, oh, this is, like, healthy. Like, yeah, no shit. Like, I know this. Yeah, like, it was great to see that there wasn't a whole lot of miscommunication. Like, that wasn't a trope in this book. They actually communicated really well. I mean, they hid, like, their feelings for each other, but that was just because they weren't trying to ruin the friendship. Right, that's understandable. But... But that, even that's relatable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they still talked that through eventually. Yeah. Yeah, so I just, like, I like what Tessa did with kind of the character backstories and kind of those, like, interpersonal challenges that each character is kind of facing throughout this book I really related to both sides and I just I like how they grew together I like how they made each other better Mm -hmm. and like only better yes there was no tearing down there was no negative like intentions it was nothing like that no there was like a few moments where like Fox slipped up but that was like internal and that was because of his like him just not knowing how to process things like a normal person yeah. because he's... And I think he may have, like, slightly lashed out, but it wasn't even that bad. And, it's like, he immediately recognized he, oh, yeah, when, that he messed up and, like, yeah. apologized. So it's, like, even yeah, he, that was handled maturely. Yeah, pretty much. Wasn't he... Didn't he say something about it pretty much being, like, good thing that we didn't, like, hook up because all you would be afterwards is, like, another like, girl I banged, who I'm never going to talk to again. Yeah. And it was, like, in the heat of the moment. It obviously was a dick thing. Like, she obviously storms out of the car and, like, runs up to the apartment. And, I mean, he chases her instantly. And yeah. he's kind of, he like, He immediately I don't mean corrects it. it. He's like, you know I don't mean that. You know it was just, like, a moment of... Which is also relatable. Who hasn't said shit in the heat of the moment that they're, like, instantly, like, you're a dumbass. Why would you even... Yeah, like, in the heat of a confrontation like and you're trying to, like, get the person to back off with, like, having this... Yeah. Intense conversation, so he did yes. slightly lash out, but it wasn't... It wasn't even that bad. It really wasn't. No. Compared to other. No. So what's another thing that you love, Alex? So another love, it's kind of a a random love. We haven't talked about this character um, yet, but I loved Christian. Oh, yes. So, so tell, yeah, who is Christian? So, Christian, he had the leading male role in the movie that Hannah is working on. And she's the PA. And I love the relationship that they had. They have this love-to-hate-each-other dynamic. Because Christian is gay. Mm-hmm. He's the lead role of, you know, actor or whatever. And, like, obviously as a PA, Hannah's everyone's bitch. Yeah. Essentially. And, like, Christian really plays that up, like... He, um, when she goes to get his iced coffee, she, she has to, like, hold it for him while he, like, drinks it and, like, stir like, it for him. he refuses to do anything himself. Like, Hannah does everything. But they are, like, doing these really funny, quick, like, 
quips and banters with each other. So did you catch on to did you catch on to this kind of relationship, this dynamic early on, or was it towards the end? Because I picked up throughout most of the book, I kind of thought that Christian was just a really hard actor to get along with until the very end in that interaction at the rap party where they're like joking and I was like oh my god was that their dynamic the whole time and mm-hmm. so did you pick up on that the whole time yeah god okay I guess I'm just oblivious <laughs> all right but it was just it was so funny because okay. I felt like Christian was the comic relief to a, a, a lot, lot of, of these this, different moments yeah. throughout the book he was funny he did they there were some like whenever he's in a, a scene or in a chapter, it is lighter. It is he's bringing something because he's just like this typical, like mid twenties, early twenties, like just really hot actor who's like like entitled actor <laughs> who just thinks really highly of himself. And like Hannah is not afraid to like knock him down a few pegs. And Christian's always just like, I hate that I like you. Yes, and she's like, same. <laughs> Love it. I'm kind of going to switch gears a little bit here for my next love and talk more about Tessa Bailey's writing. This book was kind of a dual POV, but it's a little different than anything that I've read in a really long time where it was a third person point of view. So you still get the ins and outs of both the male and the female leads, Mm -hmm. but it's not like I. It's all from like a third party, which I haven't read something like that. I don't really think ever where it's been a third PO, a third person POV and a duel. Yeah. I've never, I don't think I've come across that. No, this was, it happened one summer was the first time I've ever experienced it. So oh, so that was written in the same way. Yeah, so just okay. Tessa Bailey's writing is the first time I've ever seen that. Okay. It was hard to adjust to that at first, but same. after like chapter one, you kind of figure it out and it's fine. But it was kind of nice to kind of get the female and male perspective simultaneously versus the romance books we're used to where it's like one chapter is fully the female point of view, the next chapter is fully the male point of view, and you have to kind of mesh them together. It's not simultaneously. Mm -hmm. It's separate. It's one after the other. With like a third person POV, you're kind of getting both sides in the moment. Yeah, like in real time, which was kind of nice versus having to... Go yeah. back. And I will agree with you. I, at the beginning, it did. It was kind of a shakeup. I did have to get used to it. But like you said, it was an easy kind of transition. And once I kind of knew what to expect, I enjoyed it. So it was like, it, it was a nice change up. Like I enjoyed reading it in a different type of way. Yeah. All right. So a couple of hates. Yeah, let's do Before this. we finish it off with some more loves. Yes. Something I hated was that you didn't really get a lot of the interactions with Hannah and Piper, her sister, like you did in book one. Because Hannah and Piper are very, very close. So you you didn't get you didn't get a lot of You didn't get a lot of the sister interaction in book two. Okay. Because like book one, there was tons of interactions with Hannah and Piper and like Piper confiding to Hannah and like just them being together. and In this book, it was kind of downplayed their yeah, closeness. I, f- I felt like their closeness was downplayed a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about it since you didn't read the first book. 
I mean, I could definitely tell that they were very close sisters, that they were close-knit, that they had each other's back. Because, obviously, like I said earlier, Tessa Bailey did a good job of filling in plot holes that from the first book that you would need to know. So I felt like I overall knew. And so I picked up that they were very close and that they were. But I just thought that it was more so just because Piper was newly engaged, the in-laws were in town when a lot of the portion of the time that um, Hannah was visiting that, like, Piper's just kind of wrapped up in the business, the bar, and her personal life because things have, like, really changed. Yeah. But I did still feel like they were close, and it didn't take it away, if that if that makes sense. It does, especially since you didn't read the first one. Yeah. But it was, like, from reading the first one and then kind of immediately going into this one, it was, like, Hannah would have been going to Piper about the her changing feelings towards Fox, and we never got that conversation. And I feel like with the type of, they're more than just sisters. They are, like, best friends. They've kind of always been, like, glued to the other's hip sort of thing. Right. And I don't know. I just feel like Hannah would have gone to Piper and been, like, I'm help sh- me. help Like, I'm like, struggling with advice. this. Um, like, you know, and kind of also would defend Fox to Piper as well. Like, he's not who we thought he was. And that is something that was, like, uh, kind of briefly kind of, like, sw- like tied in a knot to end, where Pi- obviously Piper and Brendan accept Fox and, like, approve of him being with Hannah, but it was such kind of, like, a minor... It was kind of like Fox just confronting Brendan being, like, you have faith in me and trust in me to be a captain, but you don't have faith and trust in me and being a good human being towards Hannah. Like, you... You can't have it both ways. Yeah. And then Brendan kind of just like, oh, shit, you're right. Like, that is, like, I'm being hypocritical. So I'm just going to... Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. Like, yeah, go and fuck Hannah. Like, okay. Like, be with her if you want to be with her. Okay. And it was just, like, kind of anticlimactic. So I kind of, like, didn't include it in the wrap-up. But, like, they do approve of Fox and Hannah. And, like, Fox kind of proves to them as well. Like, Yeah. yeah. And, like, I just hated that Hannah didn't get to hang out with Piper as much during her time in Westport because one of the big factors in her trying to get the location changed to Westport was due to her missing her sister and missing the Mm -hmm. town. So, like, I don't know. I just... Yeah, but I think that Tessa also, like, she did throw in the, like, in-laws coming to visit. And, like, Piper, obviously, I think also... Her husband, or fiancé, was out of town the majority of the time that the in-laws... So it was, like, all on Piper to, like... It made sense, but it was just, it was something I wanted. Kind of a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. So I'll tell you one of my hates, which is not a personal attack on Tessa Bailey's book, Hook, Line, Sinker, or really any romance book in general. Like, this is just a broad general statement that I have to talk about because I hate it. So. I'm curious. I I found that with more, like, fluffier rom-commy type of, like, the romance novels, the terms and how they describe things just are so cringy, just over the top. And I wrote, just, I wrote something down, okay? Okay, lay and it on it's me. different, it's different cringe than what we read in, like, really, really smutty books that are, like, so out of this world that you're, like, you don't even really care that what they're talking about is insane because the whole plot is insane. Like, Den of Vipers. She oh. throws out crazy shit, but, like, that whole book is fucking crazy. That book. So, like... I'm talking about these, like, fluffier rom-com novels, and this is just an excerpt that I wrote down 
because I read it and I literally had to close the book and be like, I'm done. <laughs> it almost got me because I was just like, I, I can't deal with it. And you're probably going to be like, this is so stupid. Okay. <laughs> so I said, <clears throat> he bared his forearms across her hips, pinning her roughly to the car and buried his mouth between her thighs, sinking, pushing, pulling his tongue through the split of her femininity. I hate shit like that. Yeah, that is so gross. And it makes me feel so uncomfortable. Just be dirty. That isn't dirty. That's just like, like it makes me like, and it's, it's kind of like throughout, like this was just one instance within this book. I think I counted like three or four times where I was like, why is she using the word femininity? Why is she like split of femininity? Are you fucking, like, I don't fuck with that. And I feel like it's, like, with, um, like, time pieces, with, like, historical romance, it's a lot. But I can understand that. I can forgive it in a historical romance. In a setting like that, okay, that's how they fucking talked. But this, yeah, no, I hate it. I hate it. It makes me shiver. It makes me want to throw up. (laughs) And it makes me just not want to read, like, more romancy type of, like, rom-coms. Like, I'm just saying pussy. Just say anything, but split of femininity. I just, I can't. And I am stepping off of my soapbox. <laughs> I, I get where you're coming from. I don't have as visceral oh of a reaction as you do. I literally shut the book and lost my spot, and I was like, God, why did I literally slam this book shut, and I don't even know what page I'm on. Because it it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that kind of... I don't like that descriptive descriptive imagery. It's How definitely it? more of a flowery way to... But it's like, yes, it's flowery. Talking about, you know, um, him eating her out. No. Okay, <laughs> cool. Like, that was fine. But it was the last three words where I was like, why was that needed? Why... Was it put like that? You lost me. I think we've just been ruined by raunchy writing. Yeah, and I would just rather have raunchy. Like, I don't even, like, I think that that is just vulgar. (laughs) Like, that is vulgar. I would never. That never. And I know this wasn't, like, dirty talk. It's not like this was what the characters were saying. This was the description of what was happening. But I still, like, I am so up in arms. I am sorry. (laughs) But, like, it needed to be said, and I feel better. (laughs) I'm glad you got it off your chest. It is a valid criticism and critique. (sighs) But what other hates do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, mine's definitely not as intense. I'm psycho. I literally wrote gag. (laughs) Sorry. Tell me how you really feel. Oh, wait, you did. Oh, God. So, this hate seems very small and petty in comparison. (laughs) I know, I just, like, feel real strong. Okay, I'll calm down. It's okay, I went off on the whole virginity thing and scarred, so, like, this was was your moment. You know, we just, some things just trigger us, you know, and we have to kind of, yeah. Okay, continue. (laughs) So, mine was... I hate that we didn't get to see Hannah go on a date with Sergey while in Westport. Because, like, with this whole, like, 
build up build up and this like mini fake dating thing that happened with fox and hannah to like make sergey jealous to like so he would show interest in hannah it worked right yes because also i didn't put in the plot points that sergey does ultimately ask out hannah but like he asks her out like when they get back to like when we get back to la would you go on a date with me I kind of wished they just would have gone on a date in Westport. Do you think she would have said yes, though? I don't. At that point? By the time that he asked her. Like, earlier. Like, during, like, the peak of the, like, fake dating part. Oh, so if you're saying if she, like, completely changed. And, and, like, like, had them actually, like, had him ask her out to go on a date there. Yeah, and then, like, Mm. she just realized that Sergey wasn't really the one for her. Yeah, by I actually felt, giving him a chance. I felt like that was kind of underplayed. Where it was like kind of built up and then it just kind of fizzled. But I guess that is kind of realistic. It is realistic, but it was just like, especially like from the first book, you you knew how bad Hannah's crush on this guy was. So it's like I read a whole book oh. and then this about knowing Hannah has a crush on this Sergei guy. Oh, so that was kind of a little let down. See, coming into it where I didn't read the first book, I kind of was like, I felt the same way. Just because I was like, they kind of like, she played this up is like, you know, Hannah's been crushing on this guy for two years. Yeah. And then it was kind of let down. But I could understand like it being even a stronger letdown because you had a whole other book where she probably wouldn't shut up about the guy. Mm-hmm. And then you get here and you're kind of like, she and, doesn't and even mention finally, him once. And he's finally showing interest in her. So it would have been nice if they had like just a small. And then that's how she figured out being like, you know what, there's just. Or he wasn't as great as I thought he was going to be. He's just an average director. No need to be getting my panties in a bunch. Like, kind of a bad date sort of thing. Like, where there's just no sparks the whole time, but, like, she gave it a shot because she just needed to know because she's been pining after this man for so long. Right. And then, you know, kind of Fox was helping her to get his attention. So it just, I don't know, it would have been nice for them to have some sort of Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, my last hate that I have, I don't know how many you have left, but my last one is kind of two-in-one. The first part My last one's a two-in-one as well. Okay, perfect. So, my last (laughs) two-in-one is, I wouldn't necessarily say this was, like, a hate, but it did take me a little bit to get into the book, only because I think this is the first kind of lighter book that I've read in a while, and so just flipping back into the, like, that kind of headspace mm-hmm. is sometimes kind of hard. It can be difficult. It, it takes a little bit. So I wasn't, like, loving it at the beginning, and it kind of was, like, something that I had to force myself to continue reading because I knew it would get better. Like, I knew I was going to like I know. Like I feel like it. I had to encourage you. Like, no, it gets – trust me. Yes. Like, Keep I going. knew it was going to be a book that I really – like, that I liked at the end, and, like, I just getting there, it kind of – took me a little bit but I think that's just like a personal problem because I just read too much like dark stuff and then kind of going with that is that I just wish there was a little bit more spice I just felt like the two sex scenes were really well done and I have no critiques over them I just other than the split femininity (laughs) other than like the terminology that Tessa uses to describe said actions but like I kind of wanted them to have a little bit more like sexy time as a couple because I liked them as a couple so like I wanted more 
of that element. Which is why I feel like you would like the first one better. And then that's something that else you warned me about where you're like, just so you know, it's like not super smutty, 60%, like don't get your hopes up. And you're like, the first one had way more like smutty content. Yeah. Which is why I'm glad you started with book two instead of book one. Because I could see how that was kind of like a letdown mm-hmm. in the sense of you're thinking that it might go to the same, follow the same type of path. Yeah. But it doesn't. And it, yeah. it worked. It works and, and it makes I'm sense for it. this couple. Right. And but, I like the time. Like yeah. I like that it wasn't just like instantly as soon as she was in town they were together. Yeah. Like I'm glad that there was like that tension and I'm glad that it took them a while to kind of sort through all their bullshit. But I wish that there was just a little bit more if that was, like, an added chapter where it's just fluff. Mm-hmm. You know I love fluff when it comes to romance. Like, give me fluff. Like, I want to see couples lovey-dovey. That's why I read that. Which, I love love. Like, are you kidding? Come on. That brings me into my last two for Oh, okay. What is it? So, and this isn't, like, a true hate. It's just kind of something, like, I wish we got sort of thing. So I hate that we didn't get to see the two couples interact together, like Fox and Hannah, Brendan and Piper. Never. You get like a brief mention. Just like being there, being in the same vicinity. Yeah, and you get like a brief mention in the epilogue about how like Piper and Brendan are like on their way over to Fox and and Hannah's house. But like, again, Fox and Brendan are best friends. Hannah and Piper are sisters and best friends. Like, you know, like, give me a double date. How do the four of them interact together when they're all coupled up? Yeah, I do. I will say that I kind of let the Piper and Hannah relationship slip because I, as a reader, could tell that they were really close as sisters. But when it came to Brendan and Fox, like, I really, with this book couldn't pick up that they were, like, besties from childhood or something. Like, yeah. You get more just... of that in the first one. Okay. So, like, as a as a reader who started with the second book, that was definitely something that was lacking a little bit because I definitely did not pick up on that dynamic. Yeah, they're, like, best friends. Okay. Known each other their whole lives. So it's, like, I wanted to see the four of them yeah. interact together. And, like, piggybacking off of that with my twofer thing is, like, what happens with the sister's relationship with their mom and stepdad now that they've both left L.A. and they're in the Pacific Northwest because their mom left Westport after her husband, the girl's father, died and, like, hasn't been back since. Right. But now that her daughters are living there... Are they close with her? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have, like, a good relationship. Yeah, they have a good relationship with their mom, so it's, like, what happens to the family dynamic okay. once both daughters Yeah, because mama there. wasn't mentioned a whole lot. It was mentioned that, like, the mom was remarried to this very successful director in, like, Bel Air. Like, they live, you know, they're princesses. They're, like, rich socialites, or at least Piper was. And, like, their relationship with their stepdad does get better from them kind of growing up and, like, finding their own place in the world and not solely relying on the stepdad's multi-millions of dollars to get through life. So it's like they have a good relationship with them. But what happened once they left the nest? So what I what I want is kind of like a novella to kind of give me that. I want a four point of view novella where you get a chapter or two from each character of the four. That's just like kind of catching you up within that time. Because in the first book, was there a jump in the epilogue? Was it like a ten year jump as well? Do you remember? No. It wasn't? Mm-mm. Okay. 
So like that would be kind of nice if you could have something that either took place maybe like that ten year mark where like they're kind coming. of in between like in between or like or uh, they Piper and Brendan are on the way with the kids. Like it could pick up right where the epilogue yeah. like ends. Or Just like give, give me us... something in between the jump from where book two ended into the epilogue. Yes. Like give me a novella of that in between time. Right. No, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. I liked those. Those were all good hates, I think. And so you want to circle back to finish strong with yeah, the final loves? Finish it off on, on a high note with some more loves. Okay, so one thing that I... A love-hate sandwich. <laughs> yes. The one thing that I really loved is that Tessa Bailey got me in my freaking feels. I was, like, I wasn't full-out crying. I'm not, like, a huge crier in general. But, like, I definitely was, like, my eyes... Okay, Scorpio. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> my eyes were definitely, like, watering. But it wasn't like they broke. Yeah. But it def- or, like, you know when your throat gets kind of, like, dry where you're, like, you're dry? Or, like, like, tightens a little bit. Yes. Like, I definitely got that. I mean, through the trauma of, like, that fox is kind of going through, like, I definitely, like, felt bad for him. And how she writes it really, like projects emotion which if you are talking about situations that you want your readers to feel emotions like she does it she does it very well she does it so well I I was like happy I was sad I was laughing I was crying I was cringing (laughs) you know why (laughs) yes we do but I like a I like an emotional like roller coaster book sometimes as long as it's warranted and i thought this was warranted and as long as we still get our happily ever after and as long as it's yeah as long as it's not like super super like i hate cry crying i've only cry cried a few books but like you can't read when you're cry crying you, <laughs> no, you got to like put it down <laughs> and then you're just crying in a book is in your hand and you're just like what is wrong with me but I do like the tear like jerkers. Like Joey from Friends when he read Little Women and how to put the book in the freezer when <laughs> one of the sisters dies. Exactly. Like that's too much. But I like a happy I like a happy medium of like no emotion and like too much emotion. <laughs> What's another one of your loves? So I loved when Hannah like drunkenly stuck up for Fox to the townies. <gasps> loved that so cute tell us about that scene because that's something that i didn't like go into detail about in my plot fox goes and picks hannah up from like a cast crew and this party. whole scene this whole chapter is so great because even from this yeah continue sorry <laughs> so great yeah so like fox goes and like picks hannah up from like a cast crew party um for the movie and like hannah's a little drunk she is a lightweight Yes. <laughs> Another thing you can relate to Hannah yes. with. She's not a huge drinker. No. And so they're, like, walking back to his apartment, and they pass by one of the local bars, and some of, like, the residents who are always at Blow the Man Down are kind of like, oh, watch out for this one. Like, that bullshit that... He really is a fox. Yeah, like, people just really... So obsessed with Fox's sex life, it's kind of like, what is going on in this town that this is the most exciting thing that you can, like, 
constantly be, like, joking about. Which is also funny because, like, one of Fox's rules is, like, he doesn't hook up with anybody from the town. No, it's so always all Seattle. Of, yeah, so all of his, like, exploits are when he goes out of town, when he goes to Seattle. And so it's, like, n- n- none of his sex life should have anything to do with Westport. No. But everybody knows it's about it. It's just so weird. It's a very weird thing. But, yeah, so they, they're, they like, kind of, like, catcalling Fox, but in a way of being, like, oh, you know, watch Look out, out for that one. And Hannah, like, stops and is, like, just reads them the riot act about, like, how they need to treat Fox better. Mind your own business. Yep. Focus on yourself. And he's just, like, what? Someone's sticking up for yeah. me? And, like, that is, like, what pulls on the heartstrings. It's, like, no one's ever really, like shown like a female has never shown fox these types of a female's never been interested in him for him as a person right they've only been after his dick right yeah because he's just like this pretty face good body good body good dick good dick game knows bd bd knows how to lay the pipe knows how to lay the pipe my type of man (laughs) sorry (laughs) okay So the last thing that I'll kind of say about loves is that even though this is a lighter, like, smut book, there's not a whole lot of smutty scenes, I thought that the tension was, like, the perfect amount, and it kind of, like, the pace that the tension kind of increased, I liked. It was at a pace that I wasn't like, okay, this is moving too fast, this is moving too slow, and it was enough to tie me over. Yeah, and their relationship buildup wasn't too fast, like a lot of romances we read. No, like, I kind of liked it, but also went kind of piggybacking on that aspect is that you kind of do understand that there is a seven-month gap that their relationship is, they're bonding more and more. Their relationship Mm -hmm. is growing, and so when Hannah shows up at the beginning of the book at Westport, it's not like they're meeting for the first time. Like, they've already established that they are, like, kind of besties in a sense. Like, they're pretty, they're pretty close. So I, I I can approve of the timeline with Same. them. Same. So I, I agree. I agree. My last love is I love how Hannah found her connection to her dad through his sea shanty songs. Because like, she was struggling. She was. Because book one was more so Piper finding her connection to their dad. And Hannah didn't really get, get that. that or find that. And you... It kind of gets hinted a bit in book two. Yeah, it does. You 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 understand that Hannah kind of, you know, she was two when her dad died, so she doesn't really feel any connection to him. I mean, she doesn't even have his last name. You know, their stepdad, like, that's their stepdad's last name, Bellinger. Yep. So I definitely picked up on the fact that she was still searching for a way to connect with mm-hmm. her dad. And, you know, they, uh, in book one, you know, they were forced to move into this town for a bit. They renovate. They renovated their dad's bar. They went to. There's like a memorial statue of their father outside of the library, and just they reconnected with his mom, their grandma, and she keeps telling them stories. But again, Hannah was two when he died, so she just has no memory of this. So she just felt like very lost in this connection to her father and. It was. I just loved how she finally found it through music, which is like her huge thing, thing. which is her thing, which is kind of like what defines her. And 
and she finally does find that connection with her dad because he was also like musically inclined. He mm-hmm. wrote a bunch of these sea shanties that Fox actually like knows a few from working in the industry and like they have continued cuz then like Fox works on the same boat that her father worked on. And he even said he's like I can't believe your father wrote this. I thought that this had just been around forever cuz it's yeah. something that they still actively sing on board when they're out in sea. I did like that. Like, I thought that that was a nice kind of tie because I wanted her to find something that she can, like, have that closure and that connection with. So I am glad that she found it. Yeah. And then I love how, like, when she got the songs published, um, all of, like, the publishing rights went to her grandma. Yeah, grandma going to be raking in that dough. I mean, Hannah looked out for Opal. Opal? Mm-hmm. Hannah looked out for Opal through and through. She said, you're going to be paying my grandma for these. Yeah. And yeah, it was just so she, cute. Yeah. Oh, if that was one of those, like, pull on my yes. heartstring moments where I got yes. a little misty-eyed. Yes, I did too. I love that as well. All right, Alex. So we've kind of talked about our loves and our hates and talked about more loves. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kind of jump into the spice element of this book and kind of just, there weren't, like we said, a lot of smutty scenes. No. So... Want to talk about the few that there were and kind of our favorite, like, tension scene? Because there were a lot of those. Yes. So do you, which do you want to start with? Start with kind of the first one I think would be, like, Hannah kissing Fox at the party. Yes. So this was a good scene where Alex mentioned this in one of her loves where Fox shows up at the house party for the cast and crew. Mm-hmm. And Hannah, being a lightweight, feeling it. She kind of, like, Fox walks in and, like, all the girls are kind of like, dips. Like, who is that? He's so hot. He's so fine. I want to bang him. Yada, yada, yada. And Hannah, this bitch, just walks right up to him. She does not like how these women are talking about him. And sexualizing him. No. She walks up to him and just lays it on him. And, I mean, he ain't mad about it. No, but it catches catches him off guard, but he's... He's here for it. I mean, and also, like, Hannah is more like that girl next door character. But, like, this, in this scene, in this chapter, she's borrowed Piper's dress. Yeah, Piper kind of gave her a little bit of a makeover for this party to, like, make a statement. She's, like, in, like, a spicy, sexy red dress. Yes. And, like, obviously Fox is like, hello. And so he's not going to say no. But the sad part about this scene is that, like, Fox is thinking that it's all for Sergey because he's there. And, like, this is in the time where, like, they're trying to help Hannah land the man. Yeah, so he thinks it's a ploy to make Sergey jealous. When When really it was just Hannah wanting to kiss Fox. Yeah. At the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sergey was an afterthought. Yeah. Like, she was actually, Hannah was kind of hurt when Fox kind of made the assumption that, you know, like, yeah, I'm just, I hope that makes him jealous. And she's kind of like, wait, what? Who? Where? What? Why? <laughs> so, that was a good one. And that was, like, the big first one. Like, that was, mwah. That was good. Okay, so I think that this tension scene is probably both of our favorite tension scene. Because it kind of incorporates a few elements of things that we potentially like. Mm-hmm. It involves massage oil and it involves some sexual tension between Hannah and Fox yes so Hannah wakes up one morning smelling this 
ginger yeah. smell that is very much Fox, and she asks him about it because she thinks it's like his cologne or like a candle or something some, yeah. or some some kind of like air like Febreze. I don't know. Yeah, she just she really wants to know what this is, and Fox is like, "It's massage oil," and she's like. Were you just giving yourself a massage? Like, what? And he's like, well, it also works as lube. So insinuate that, like, he had to take care of himself and that he used that as Hannah is also sharing this apartment with him. Mm-hmm. And so later that day... She's Hannah's, at work. Yeah, Hannah's on set, and she is, like, sexu- sexually frustrated. Because she and, just keeps thinking about this massage oil. And it doesn't help that fucking Fox is on the boat, which they can see from set, looking all sexy as hell, lifting heavy shit. Takes his working, shirt off. Yeah, working on a freaking boat. And she's like, I need to run to my apartment on my lunch break. I forgot something. So, like, she scurries home. And she grabs this massage oil and she runs to her bedroom. But huh, Fox had been watching her. So guess who's hot on her trail? Fox. Fox. So he's kind of knocking on the door being like, Hannah, let me in. I smell the massage oil. He's like, like, I could just go ahead and take care of this problem for like, you. I can help you. Like, friends help friends. <laughs> let me do this for you. You can do something for me later. <laughs> and so Hannah opens the door and lets him in. Yep. And so he kind of has her, like, pressed against the back of the door. Love. Love. And Hannah is obviously still holding the, like, massage oil. <laughs> and then she starts... I mean, he's kind of dirty-talking her. Oh, he's definitely dirty-talking her. And, like, she's here for it. And he, like, keeps basically, like, in this dirty-talk way, begging her to, like, let him be the one to touch her. And she's like, no, 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 that's not how this is going to go. So she starts, like, touching and pleasuring herself. And he's just like, whoa. (laughs) And is this the scene where he kind of feels like she let him down because he's like, let me touch you. And she's like, no. And he's like, let me, like, go down on you. And she's like, no. No. He's like, please, like, let me fuck you. Like, that's what you want. And she's kind of like... No, because she doesn't want to use Fox in the way that, like, other girls. And, like, Mm -hmm. she could pick up that, like, that's kind of what Fox was, like, you know, being, like, I'm good at one thing. Like, let me do this one thing for you. And she's kind of, like, bro. Like. You're worth more than that. Like, come on. Like, have some self-worth. Like, self-esteem about yourself. And so, obviously, he interprets it as, like, her just shutting him down, not interested. When, really, it's just that she's trying to protect, like, him from him. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, this scene kind of leaves us on, like, you get, a sad note. No. Gave me blue lady balls. Yeah, because it's so close. But, like, Hannah is not breaking down. Like, she's she's holding her ground. Yep. And so he kind of, like, storms out because he gets a little pissed that she won't let him fuck him midday on her lunch break for the first time. And they're, like, best friends. Can you blame her? Actually, a little bit. Actually, <laughs> a little bit. I was thinking... As I was reading, I was like, I don't know if I'd have that much control. <laughs> I think I'd have been like, fuck the friendship. <laughs> I mean, good on her for being able to, but. I mean, yeah, I don't know if I would be able to have that control. I'm also pro-lunchtime sex session, so. Especially the way that he's, like, described. Like, that's a lot going on in your face. Like, I don't. And if he is, like, the one who is, like, let me fuck you. I don't know if I would have been, like. I don't think I would have. I don't think I could say no. To Fox? Definitely not. I know. Good up, good props on Hannah. You're better than us. <laughs> Way to go, girl. You got the voice, so yes. you're doing something right. High five to Hannah. Yes. But also, like, 
why. <laughs> right. Right. Let's talk about the first time they do have sex. Yeah. I was really here for this scene. I liked the emotional, like, feels that I got. Yes. And it's kind of a little voyeury, like, you know, they could get caught. They're in public because it's at the Sound Garden, which is just hot and naughty and like then it's like then it's, it's in the back seat of his car right but like even the build-up because like up until this point they have kind of hit that point where they know that both of them are kind of into each other they haven't really like full out had a conversation or like let each other know kind of where they're standing but it's very evident mm-hmm. and you know fox doing this really nice thing because he knows that a sound garden is exactly what hannah would love to do And so it's just, like, you know, Fox being considerate and just, like, being just, like, really cute with Hannah. Like, this is, like, a perfect date. Right, and it was just, like, in the moment where they're just, like, I can't wait any longer. Like, I want to be with you. Yeah, because they also had, like, hands on each other, um, like, kisses on the forehead, in they the were hair. kind of almost like making out at the recording studio yep. prior to this. Like everybody, like the band, um, thought they were already in a relationship and they haven't even had had sex yet. Right. So I liked the buildup. And then like Tessa Bailey can write a sex scene, even though it's like a more rom-com light. I mean, it wasn't disappointing. It was definitely more than I was anticipating for this for lighter this kind of genre. Of, yeah. And I wasn't mad at it. I mean, she, I thought she, besides for sometimes having some terms in there that I'm, I don't love, overall, like, I wasn't mad. I, I kind of enjoyed the, like, sex scene. And it was, because you're right, you know, they're in the back of the truck. It's raining. It's, you know, that passion in the moment. It was hot. You love to see it. it and was, it was good. It was good. It was good. Yes, and they use protection. Yes, there's a conversation about it. There's a conversation about, about condoms. So, all in all, a pretty good scene, mm-hmm. which also then takes us into scene two of our, like, smutty aspects of this book, which is after the rap party, kind yep. of their breakup sex moment. Yep, and again, Hannah got dolled up by Piper. Yes. And this time she's, like, in a blue sparkly dress number. It's like a turquoise yeah. Kind of like our skipper's yeah, relief. Kind of like what I would picture like a mermaid. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like that color. Yeah, and you know, this is when Fox got done with being the captain for the five days, and he's come to the conclusion that he's going to end it because he just doesn't think that he's good enough for Hannah. And he walks in and obviously is like stunned by the sight of Hannah because mm-hmm. he's just like, she's so gorgeous. She's also not one to dress up. She's usually like no. in jeans a t-shirt like sweats a hoodie like she's very down to earth casual easygoing kind of girl yeah and so you know fox confronts her and she can tell instantly that fox has come to the conclusion that he's gonna end the relationship so they go back to his apartment so she can collect her things and he's like being like alpha douchey male and won't leave her room and she's like please leave i'm trying to change so i can get the fuck out of dodge because you don't want me Mm -hmm. And he won't. So she's like, you know what? If you won't leave, then fine. I'm going to show you what you're fucking missing. And so she strips. And she's, like, not wearing a bra. She's just wearing, like, this G-string, these heels. And that just sends Fox over the edge. And, like, she, like, does it strategically where, like, you know, she 
bends to fold in the, like, dress to, mm-hmm. like, make sure he gets all the good views. And then he comes up right on her back and is like... Ass, 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 ass. Yes, and he was like... He was like, you know, game over, donezo. And so they they hook up for the last time. The last time. In quotes. In quotes. <laughs> and I mean, like, that scene was pretty. I mean, I was not mad at it. The no. Only I mean, it, it broke my heart a little bit yeah. with, like, just the thought of it being their goodbye thing. Just how it ends. Like, it was a great, it was, like, a good tension because it was, like, that buildup was really good. Mm-hmm. But then kind of how the scene ends is kind of on a sad note because she does leave. She, but obviously she says, I'm not done with us. We're not yep. done. Get your life in order. And Get we'll your shit together. Figure it out. And they did. And he did. That was the smut of Hook, Line, Sinker. Yeah. And so even though it wasn't a lot. What the, we got was still good. Yeah. And for the for the context, I wasn't mad at it. Because I think I would have been more mad if she sped through them getting together to add sex scenes. Yeah. Because they did have a good friendship. And, like, the biggest thing for the both of them was they didn't want to ruin that. So, time to move on to our... More lighthearted and... Our more fun segment, which is casting calls. All right, Alex, I don't know who you chose, so I'm very curious. Can you tell me who your fox is? With pleasure. (laughs) Okay, let's see. I'm excited for this Okay, who is casting? I don't... So, my choice for fox is Scott Eastwood. Clint Eastwood's Ooh, son. Oh, yeah. He was in one of the uh, Nicholas Sparks movie with Juliana Howell, right? It was like the one with the bull rider? Yeah. But that wasn't Juliana. That was uh, Britt Robinson. The Longest Ride. The Longest Ride, and that was with Britt. Okay. I'm not mad at that. I like that. So I kind of went in a different in a different route, even though he fine, and yeah. I could definitely see him doing something like that and being that role. Because also, like, the the cover of this book has, like, animated illustrations of Fox and Hannah. So you kind of So I was kind of, that. yeah, I was trying to use that as inspiration for some of my choices. So I was too, but, like, on the cover, he has more brunette hair, but in the book, it kept kind of emphasizing that he had more, like, dirty, dirty blonde. blonde. So I went with an actor who had more, you kind of went with more of a brunette base, where it's kind of like a light blonde, but it's more brunette. Like, I would say it's a little darker. I kind of went the opposite, and I chose an actor who has more blonde hair. Okay. So I chose Alex Pettifer. Ooh. So he, in real life, is 31. So he's actually, like, Fox's age, and he's 5'11". So a little shorter than, you know, like, Fox is kind of, like, I was picturing, like, 6'2". Like, he kind of is implied that he has, like, height on him. Yeah. Yeah. And, like... That's a good Because you know he's got a good body. He and Magic Mike. I'm not mad at that choice. You know what I mean? And so... And he's just, like, really, really handsome. And he just has that, like, natural pretty boy. Like, I could see people, like, saying that shit about him. Mm -hmm. If, you know. So who did you cast as your Hannah? So my Hannah, I chose Chloe Grace Moritz. Okay. Okay. I chose someone very similar to her. Who'd you pick? Anna Sophia Robb. Ooh. They like they they look a lot alike. They do. They could be like sisters in a movie. And I think that they look choices. good together. Yes. I think Alex Pettifer and 
Anna Sophia Robb look really good together. And she, in real life, is... She's 28, so she's a little older than... Um, like, two years older than Hannah. I think she's, like, 26. Mm-hmm. And then she's only five foot. So there would be a very big, ga- like, um, height gap. Yeah, and I feel like, isn't Chloe Grace kind of short? Yes. Yeah, she's under five. She's probably under five four. Yeah. I'm a horrible judge at height because I'm short. So, like... <laughs> everyone's just tall. <laughs> everyone's tall to me. And then we also have an honored honorable mention. We decided we wanted to cast Sergey just because he was the other... The other love interest. Love it kind interest. of like a little love triangle-y. Yeah. So who did you have? Julian Morris. What is he, he was in... Um, <gasps> yes, Pretty Little Liars. Yes. I, in yeah. A lot of ABC shows. He gave me that like oh. artsy, broody yeah. kind I of... I could see him doing like a direct... Yeah, I could see him doing that. So I chose Eddie Redmayne. I love him. Because I could just see him being kind of, like, that pretentious, like, director. Mm-hmm. And. I love him. And he is cute. So, like, I could see, like, picture him in a turtleneck directing a movie. Like, I could see how anyone would have a crush on him. You yes. know what I mean? hmm Okay. So, I liked all of those. So, you had Scott Eastwood. I had Alex Pettifer for mm-hmm. Fox. Yep. You had Chloe Grace Moritz, Moritz for Hannah, and mm-hmm. I had Anna Sophia Rob. Look at three names too. <laughs> Our girls had three names. <laughs> what kind of psychic wavelength are we on? <laughs> and then Sergey, you had Julian Morris. Julian Morris, and I had Eddie Raidman. All right, I'm not mad at any of those castings. I would love to see any of those people mm-hmm. in these roles. So I think that we could be casting directors, so let us know if that's a possibility ever. Yeah. In addition to casting directors, I also think we're really good with the sound mixing. Yeah. And we so our song choices for the soundtrack. Okay. So how many do you have? I have three. Okay, me too. One of them is, so with Hannah being a music nerd, there were tons of references references oh my gosh and her picking out songs so i picked one that was thrown out in the book and then two of my own i'm so alex this is why we are (laughs) co-hosts because we didn't even freaking talk about this and this is exactly what i did yes so okay hit me hit Hit me me. so my song that was mentioned in the book that i chose for my overall was home by edward sharp and the magnetic zeros only so I chose this for multiple That's reasons. A good one. one, I love, love this song. It's, it's a great song. A great song. And honestly, the other two songs that I chose weren't necessarily relating to the romance aspect of the book. Mm-hmm. So this one kind of sums up that like they're at home when they're with each other. You know what I mean? Like they are each other's homes. And that's kind of like the vibe that I Especially I with the had. epilogue. Yes, and, like, that's the vibe. So what was your song that you chose from the book? So mine is Riders on the Storm by The Doors. And see, that was my second choice. So I'm glad you chose that because I was like, ooh, that's a good one too. Because it also very much gives me, like, that Pacific Northwest vibes. It does. Like, it's just, like, a very chill Mm -hmm. vibe. Very, like... And then mm. also with, you know, Fox being a king crab fisherman... I just, I do love The Doors. <laughs> Classic band. I mean, they're great. I mean, any sort of, like, music nerd is gonna yeah, be on board for that. I'm glad you chose that, because that was my top, that was my second. So, 
I'm glad. Um, so what are your um, your personal picks? Okay. So the first one I chose was more centered around Fox because even though he was the male lead, I really identified with kind of like his trauma and just mm-hmm. being, because, you know, with being, I'm not trying to get deep or whatever, but like with being females and like sleeping around or whatever, it's kind of always implied in like a negative aspect and it's kind of nice to see it coming from that opposite, like, gender point. Yeah. But, like, seeing that, like, he is suffering through things that, like, are relatable. So the song choice that I, my second song choice that I chose was Doubt by 21 Pilots. Okay. Which, because I thought that was a very prominent theme with Fox, is that he was always doubting himself. Very in true. every aspect of his life. Mm-hmm. Whether it be his professional or personal, like... That self-sabotage, just always in your head, thinking that you're, like, not worthy and having doubts. You're not wrong. And then my second song, I chose um, kind of that. It's not really. It's probably more like a Cali vibe, but I'm still picturing that, like, Pacific Coast, right? The the Pacific Coastline. And I chose um, Seaside Demo by Seb. And this was a really big TikTok song. That's how I heard it. And it's just, like, it's very mellow. And it is kind of, like, lovey-dovey, too. Because it's, like, I want to, like, be with you, like, Mm -hmm. on the seaside. And, you know, with this Westport being a coastal town. Like, I definitely wanted to have a song in there that channeled that vibe. And that was the song. And I just think it's a really cute song. So enough about me. What about you? (laughs) Well, kind of picking up with, like, that coastal, cute, lovey-dovey stuff, both of my choices are kind of more on the romance end with the relationships. Um, The first one, I think, is more um, for Fox. Okay. And it's Lady by the Sea by Steven Sanchez. Ooh, okay. It's a really, really pretty song. Okay. And then my next one is... Um, my love song for Hannah, Movie in My Mind by St. Raymond. Ooh, okay. So what does that song kind of... So Movie in My Mind is um, about how, like, being in... You know the person so well, like, you can see the movie playing out in in your head sort of thing. And I feel like that's very much how Hannah is with Fox. And then, you know, she works on movies, so it's just... Okay. Again, where I get way too deep and literal and like. No, I like that. No, I like that you kind of like you're more of a digger, right? You are more in between the lines mm-hmm. of like meanings, and I'm very like surface. I'm very superficial. <laughs> I'm just like. Which is why our know. playlist gets our playlist gets so fun, and I think this is a different vibe of a playlist than other ones we've made for episodes. It is. It is a different vibe. And, like, we put a lot of, like, effort into these. Like, Mm -hmm. we really, like, correlate music to kind of our feelings and to these, like, books that we read. So if you are interested, our links are always on our Instagram, which is Emotions and Potions Pod, all one word. Um, Also in the show notes. Also in the show notes. um, It's a Spotify playlist, and we typically do them for almost every episode that we've done so far. We've... Yep, every episode has a playlist. Has a playlist. So if you're one of those people who also likes 
music kind of correlating to your books. Or like to listen to music while reading a book if you haven't read these yet. Go check it out. Um, Not to toot our own horns, but they're fantastic. They're pretty great. (laughs) They're pretty great, okay? So kind of moving on to our last segment. Ratings. Ratings. So Alex, overall, because this was your recommendation, Mm -hmm. what was your overall rating? I gave this one a 7 out of 10. Okay. Care to explain? I docked a few points for certain plot things I wish, like, in the loves and hates that I wish I got with this book um, and didn't. And I was, after reading the first one, I was so looking forward to Fox and Hannah's story. Were you a little let down? Yes and no. I'm satisfied with their story. There's just certain things I would have tweaked for my own personal preference that I think for me would have just, just... would have boosted. Yeah. Just added a little bit more. Because, yeah. yeah, it seems like, because, you know, we're coming from very two different points of view. Where You've read the first. Mm-hmm. I haven't. And so since Hannah and Fox were such big parts of that first book, you probably, it was probably It was height. built up more. Yeah. Yeah, and you kind of probably wanted to see similar themes and correlations between the two that, like, it kind of fell flat. A little bit, but not too much. Like, I mean, I feel like a seven is still a good... No, I still... That's still passing. Yeah. C's get degrees, people. (laughs) So, it still passes. Like, I still very much liked this book. I just... There were some elements that you wish were a little bit more... I just wanted a little bit more from it because I was so looking forward to it. Okay. Okay. Well, fair enough. I wasn't that far off. Our ratings aren't that crazy apart. I gave it an 8 out of 10. All right. As a standalone. I'm surprised you gave it an 8 since this is not typically the genre you'd go. So, like, this was the genre that I read when I was, like, 18. So, like, I don't hate the, like, rom-com. It's just... Once you start getting into, like, darker themes, it's kind of hard to come back into, Mm -hmm. like, lighter themes. But, like, I still overall really enjoy these books because it is a different spin. It's a different vibe. It brings different elements of romance that I really, I do like. Like, I like emotional roller coasters that are more believable. Yes. That aren't, like, only 1% of people, if that, would ever be able to relate to something that, like, we read in, like, the darker... Mm-hmm. I feel like for avid, darker romance readers, this is a good palate cleanser. It's a, such a great palate cleanser. Because it's, it's still a good book. Yeah, and it's a quick read. It's not super oh, yeah. long. I read it in two days. Yeah, so it's like sometimes you kind of get, you know, that book burnout, reading the same dark themes over and over again. So it's kind of a way to... Shake things up yeah. and kind of clear But your still palate. give you the romance part. Right. Because, I mean, at the end, if you like light romance or dark romance, you like the romance. Right. That's the common theme. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, once I got into it, like, I I was a fan of the emotional journey that Tessa Bailey kind of took me on. And I was rooting for these characters. And I thought that it was really well developed. And, I mean, my opinion might change going back if I read the first one. And then I'm kind of like, I can now really understand where Alex was coming from. Like, I feel like there were, like, it would be interesting if my opinion would change or if it would stay, if it would get better, worse, or stay the same. Yep. So it's coming from a standalone, I was pretty happy with it. There weren't a lot of plot holes that I was like, where I was like, wait, what's going on here? I I'm missed missing it. something. <laughs> yeah, it was all very clear cut. 
and just light. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good beach read. A pool read, a summer read, a read where like if you mm-hmm. feel self-conscious about reading romance in public, like this is a great one. That's a good point. Also, I think it's a good introduction for um, romance in general. For romance, if you want to get beyond the YA new adult and you actually do want some like content with yeah. your sex scenes, that's not too over the top. That won't like because scare you off. Yes, because the other thing that Tessa does with like specifically hook line sinker is that both Hannah and Fox are kind of going on like personal journeys and they're pretty significant and they're pretty relatable. Mm-hmm. So even though the romance aspect is always there because there's always tension between yep. Hannah and Fox, even though there's not a lot of sex scenes, but there's also a lot of substance, which sometimes, sometimes give me, like, the smuttiest book, and I'm, like, here for it. But other times, like, I do want like, more of a story. I want more... Yeah, the story was good. The character development in this was really good. Yes, yes. Which, yeah, I mean, 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10. I mean, it's a pass in our book, so... What's your spice rating? So my spice was a 2-5 out of 5. This... Spicy scenes were definitely spicy. I mean, Tessa knows how to write, mm-hmm. and it's lengthy. It's very in deep, like it's in depth. It's, it's not. What is it called? The blackout. It's not a blackout. Fade to black. It's not a fade to black, which I appreciate. But you don't get a lot of them. You don't get a lot of them, and it's pretty tame. Yeah. It's kind of what you expect. On I a mean, Friday the raciest night. one is the sound garden where they're like in public. For spice, for like a beginner in a romance. This would be a good intro because it's not super spicy. It's going to introduce you, get your toes right. But you're going to get a full shebang. You're going to get a full shebang, and it's it's going to hit you. Mm-hmm. But it's not anything that is, like, where you are going to be like, oh, my God, this is too much. Yeah, and too it's much not right on. away because, like, it is, like, 60% through yes. that you get your first one. So what did you rate it? I gave it a 2.5 as well. Okay. Now Same I- kind of exact same thing I, I will say since I've read the first one and you haven't I would give the first one a 3-5 okay so a whole jump up mm-hmm. and there's Just because the, you get more and it is and theirs is like a enemies to lovers so it kind of makes sense yeah. that there's a little bit more like smuttiness to it yeah where this is friends this is to friends lover. to lovers which I think you're not gonna get right. as much right um, I don't read a whole lot of friends to lovers this made me want to potentially I wasn't mad at it. It was kind of cute. Yeah. Like, yeah, because I, I root. I was rooting for them from like the get. Like a lot of times in dark romance, you really you like root for the main characters because you know they're gonna end up together and you know it's gonna be good. But, but like, you're like red flag. Red at the flag, beginning, you're flag. like you're a douche, you're a dick, you suck, you're a murderer. <laughs> you know, you're this and this and this I and this, this and this. <laughs> but like with this book, Fox, yes, he has some hangups. Like, anyone who doesn't have baggage, who doesn't have trauma, right? Mm-hmm. But overall, I wasn't, like, red flag, red flag. Like, no. this guy's shit, this guy's shit, no. There wasn't a lot of uncomfiness like you can get no. in a dark romance. No. Maybe some uncomfiness for you with the language that was used with writing, but... <laughs> but that's just, like, a personal choice, I guess, on the writing aspect. But I'm just... <laughs> if I ever were to write a romance novel, I would not be using... Personal <laughs> preference. Personal preference. But y'all, 
that pretty much brings us to the end of the episode of Hook, Line, Sinker by Tessa Bailey. So is this a love letter or a hate letter for you? I'm going to go love. I'm going to go love letter. I thought it was really cute. Same. I really enjoyed it. It's a love letter for me as well. Yeah. And I mean, like, sorry if you guys want more hate letters. But I'm like a lover in general. Like, I will love more things than not. I'm so. I'm a little shocked that it was a love letter for you. I'm not mad at it. I'm very happy that it's a love letter for you. No, I mean, it was a slow get into, like I said, but that is just on me. That's a personal problem. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, once I got to maybe chapter 10, I was kind of like, okay, puck line sinker, like she going down. She's into it. She got me. Tessa got me. So yeah, it's a love letter on both of our ends. Which I love, because I love love. And I'd rather feel love than hate, right? Yep. And I loved Hannah and Fox's love. I love, I love everything about it. So. And Tessa Bailey. Yeah. Loving you. So this is a love letter from both Ashton and Alex on Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. Wild. I know. Well, please go and follow us on our Instagram, right, Alex? Yep, Emotions and Potions Pod. Rate us on Spotify for the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whichever streaming platform you are listening on. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your sister, tell your brother. Grandma. Tell your neighbor. It's all love here. (laughs) There's a lot of love here. So many emotions on (laughs) Emotions and Potions. But... Alex, it's been an honor, and I enjoyed your pick. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at your choice for this week, so Yay. thank you. Thank you for being open to it. Of course. Of course. And if you ever are interested, I recommend it. Yes. I recommend it. 10 out of 10. Are there any books that you guys want us to read and... Yeah, let us know if there's anything that, like, you've read or you're thinking about reading, but don't know if you should waste your time. Let us waste our time. (laughs) (laughs) And you want our takes to let you know if you should or shun it? (laughs) Let us know. But Alex. Until the next time. Until the next time.